0: Please stand for the reading of God's word. John 19, 25 to 27. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is the Word of God. Good morning. Good morning, church. Yes. Please uh, take a seat. Um, my name is uh, Dale, for those I haven't met and for Brian, good to see you again. Um, one of your uh, elders uh, here, and it's my privilege uh, to be up here and sharing God's uh, word with you today. We're continuing on with the, the seven sayings, uh, the cries of uh, the cross uh, from Jesus himself. And as Sarah just read, "Woman, behold your son and behold your mother. But before we dive into the passage, um, I just want to tell you about an encouraging update that we at the Shore have been participating in regarding uh, Alpha. So each Tuesday, uh, myself and as often as can, Jordan and Jer have been joining and we've been partnering with Encounter Capilano, that's the campus student ministry for uh, Kaplan University and we've been supporting them as they've been running through the alpha videos having a lunch a meal together and we, we've had You know a ranging of like 12 to 16 students uh, each week. So praise God and so if you've done an alpha most what you often do is try to have an alpha weekend and you know Maybe you would go out to a retreat center or a, a camp um, but the big idea is to try and have a bit more of a time away from the regular place that you meet and, and get through a few talks and so uh, we did that at my house just uh, the, the weekend uh, past. And so um, as per the photos that you're gonna see here in a moment, we had up to 20 students in my house on Friday night, listening to an Alpha talk on how does God guide us. And yeah, just like, it's, it, was, it was really rich. Uh, there was great one-on-one discussions, there was uh, group discussions. We gave away three Bibles um, on that uh, Friday evening. And I think the the most encouraging story of all was there were two young ladies uh, kind of quieter And so I went up to them and asked them, you know their names and and uh, One of them it was literally her first full day in Canada from India we, She had her first meal in our home going through alpha going through how God guides us because her friend from India had come just a week Earlier and had invited her. This is what God's doing. Thank you Shore Church for the partnering that we're doing We're using um, our alpha budget to, to do this with Encounter Capilano and then and then not as many came on the saturday but those that did come were like we have to find a way to show these videos about who is the holy spirit so they're working on how they can actually get to those that missed the saturday uh so so praise god for all that and then last part of the fruit is um in this kind of growing relationship we're having with capilano university uh jordan made a good announcement um, uh, and hallie and all those involved in young adults i think about four of them uh showed up for our young adults and so kind of that's just great so so with that, um, I'll uh, bring our attention to, to God's word and, and this week's cry on the cross. Before I get going in, in the sermon part, I, I do wanna g- give credit to uh, a book. Uh, this book is called Cries from the Cross. It, it's a journey into the heart of Jesus. And so uh, some of the thoughts that are coming through this sermon I, I, I do believe came from my, my reading or at least were sparked and encouraged in, in, in the faithfulness <clears throat> that the author here had. So, Jordan, two weeks ago, and Norm, last week, they've, they've given you a really good context of, like, what is a Roman crucifixion. So, what I wanted to just remind us in our minds, though, is really how much pain and agony Jesus has already gone through. Like, how much suffering has Jesus gone through before we hear these cries of the cross for this week? So, in your mind, think now, like, up to 24 hours till we get to these sayings of Jesus, listen to what's happened. He's been exhausted in holy prayer with his father in the garden. He was betrayed with a kiss by one of his own disciples. He was arrested based on false accusations. He was tried multiple times by Pilate and Herod. He was rejected by his followers. His disciples fled him. He was denied three times by one of his closest disciples. He was beaten, publicly tortured in various horrible ways. Spat on and mocked with taunts and jeers he, he tried to bear his own cross, but by that time God needed Simon of Cyrene to help bear the cross hung by nails Staked to a cross crucified and as we heard last week with seasoned criminals and then right before this um, versus uh, We learned that his last remaining clothes were divided right in front of him So we need to be here We need to be here at the starting point before we're ready to hear these cries from the cross of what Jesus is going to say So I'll read again now the passage. So it's a few verses here. So, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Pray again. Father God, I I thank you for um, what you've already done in in preparing ourselves to be encouraged by this passage, this rich discovery of truth about your son Jesus, having gone through, like we just reminded ourselves, what he had been already walking through in pain and suffering on our behalf. God, help us relate to Jesus and, and, and his humanity in this, but also see him as King Jesus and Savior. God, for your uh, spirit, spirit to, to allow us to hear from you. Um, humble me as a messenger, uh, and yet with, with passion and delight, um, help me express this these great truths about your son Jesus. In his name, we pray. So now as you consider this unselfish act that Jesus is displaying here and we hear these compassionate words to his mother and to his disciple whom he loved please consider as you think again Jesus is divine but Jesus in his humanity like he has all the reason Jesus has all the reason to remain silent I mean he chose to do that through his trials but he is he's is laboring and he is making sure he's fulfilling the scriptures that are still happening as as we heard on the cross why? He's doing this for our benefit. He's blessing us with these kind words and reminding us as brothers and sisters in Christ of some family responsibilities. It's a bit of a story. So as a, as a, as a new believer, uh, a while ago, but even, even before that, a while ago, I was an athlete once upon a time. Uh, maybe that's where Jared, Jordan, and I, all the preachers here have something in common. But I decided to go to, to Calgary to an Athletes in Action camp, and it's called an Ultimate training camp the UTC is what they call it and what it is it's a it's a five-day intensive training camp where you're intentionally trying to figure out how do I bring in my biblical principles into my sporting life of of choice and then the highlight of the UTC is at the very end you do a 20-hour continuous sports marathon so it's been described as others uh, the UTC as the toughest 20 hours of their life pure exhaustion and absolutely life-changing so what is amazing about the 20-hour uh, marathon is it, it draws you, for sure, to your weakest point physically. And, and mentally, the, the leaders that are trying to help you say, hey, identify with your Lord, humble yourself. This is not about your peak athletic performance. This is about as you labor and you get more and more tired and more exhausted, you're, you're trying to still worship your Lord. And again, I'm a new believer. So you know in my kind of athletic capacity another way we gained points on my UTC team was doing push-ups in between the sports And so that's kind of where I gained some ground uh, for, for my team But the real the real memory I have is how what they did in those last So in the oh through the 20 hours you go from sport to sport the leaders are reading those scriptures about Jesus in the garden about being, you know, arrested. And so you're walking kind of a little bit through, you're getting a lot more empathy and understanding of what Jesus went through. You're not sleeping, you're not having enough calories for all the sports. Just a tiny bit, I think, of kind of the exhaustion and some of the suffering that Jesus identified with. So so it was through that, you know, through my agonizing and my muscular pain, as a new believer, this is when I really started to understand what did my Lord go through? Because he went through way more than what I just did. Um, and then at the very end it, it, you you actually they bring like a piece of wood like you can picture this and, and you and the last sport is you walk up a hill like you're really trying to put yourself in the moment of what Jesus did and So what the loving father did is he, he grew my understanding in that camp about how much Jesus loved me Through even more than I could imagine in terms of humiliation and suffering on the cross all again for our benefit all for us so that what we would know is like scriptures would be fulfilled and I would better understand, you would better understand in this example of his perfect and sacrificial love for us and the dying on the cross for our sins. So please join me in appreciating this week's cries from the cross where everything has been taken from Jesus. So we, we learned as we started the seven sayings that you know first he's already provided an opportunity for forgiveness for his enemies. And then last week we learned, you know, he even provided the grace, the opportunity for salvation for one of the criminals. And so now here we are, Jesus in these cries of love uh, towards his own, towards his mother and his disciple. Women, behold your son, behold your mother. So in this cry from the cross, I'll break it down into three things. One, the compassion of Christ. uh, Then some family responsibilities and then finish with standing at the cross. So with compassion of Christ we'll start with a definition and and the godly sources that we have in it You'll see in the text that there's uh, an example of observing Jesus and offering compassion But the centerpiece is us seeing the compassion of Christ himself on the cross The definition of compassion is a sympathy and a concern for the suffering of others and a desire to alleviate such suffering so it's important for us to know our ability to show compassion in people's sufferings for us to offer sympathy and concern It, it points us back to God because he's the source. He's the root of our ability to have compassion Why because we're the imago Dei we're image bearers of God and here's what we learn about God in Isaiah 54 seven ten 10 regarding compassion For a brief moment. I deserted you but with great compassion. I will gather you that's us in overflowing anger for a moment, I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, the Redeemer. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. We have God's everlasting and steadfast love as our source of compassion. And then we see it modeled by Jesus in these verses so prior to his crucifixion we see him alleviating people suffering through healing that's what we see here in Matthew 14 uh, 14 he had compassion on them and healed their sick and a very similar verse is Mark 6:34. Uh, starts off identical but what we see him now here is as a good shepherd having compassion this is a model for us and they're very fitting now uh, for our today's passage in luke 7 13 we read that jesus loved a widow remember mary is a widow and he actually raises a son and we're going to see about jesus as an earthly son in a moment Um, but he raises that son uh, from the dead because he had compassion on her her being the widow in this case and then what about the holy spirit well we read in galatians 5 2 we're, we're taught that the fruit of the holy spirit so these would be the attributes that we can have access to in terms of compassion are there for us the fruit of love kindness and goodness so as followers of Jesus as image bearers of God and With the spirit we are called to have compassion on one another as it says here in Colossians 312 Therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience so that's a definition. That's the source of compassion now. I want us to see the example of compassion of those who are observing Jesus Let's reread John 19 25 But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene Okay, so how does simply standing at the cross become an example of compassion Well to understand it you need to see how courageous the compassion of these four women are and to do that you can say, well who's not there and Who's not there as Mark 14 50 tells us is all the disciples have left him and fled So so we know something has happened in John's heart that he's kind of come back because he's there he's described as being there as well, but you know when we're down to eleven disciples ones there, but where are the other ten disciples so you can start to see that the woman actually just being there is a As is, is a part of how they're expressing compassion. Jesus gets to see them The ten disciples are nowhere as we're, we're told here in the vicinity of, of the cross And then you know and of course, you know, it was undoubtedly dangerous right to be there to associate yourself in a Roman crucifixion Especially someone who's been sentenced to death, but that these women wanted to show their compassion physically and be seen by Jesus. And at first I was thinking, you know, but they don't say anything and, but, but that silence is still showing compassion when you compare it to the, the mockers, the enemies, those that are spitting on him, because they're there, they're at least doing what they can in terms of a physical support for him showing some uh, compassion. And then we've kind of moved the cross here on purpose because there's one more observation um, and it's the joy I guess of, of being asked to preach is, is you, you spend time in the word and I went through all the gospel accounts So in matthew mark and luke these four women and they're given kind of different descriptions but they're the same women, but They're described as standing, but they're but they're watching and they're looking at a distance And here in john we have the words, but now they're standing by the cross. They're standing nearby They're somehow in the physicalness. They've come closer to Jesus physically. He would have seen that he would have seen them Standing from afar. He would see them as per John here that they're now nearby. They are by him Next verse 26 highlights this amazing compassion of Christ Remember, this is our centerpiece When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby he said to his mother woman behold your son then he said to the disciple Behold mother So if you didn't miss it or so you maybe saw it but Mary is one of those four women that we just, we just talked about as an example and yet we now need to see that the compassion of Christ is even greater than Mary's you know, earthly example to now Jesus King of Kings How so? Well, let's start by looking at one of the Old Testament passages here Isaiah 49 15 It reads, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. So Mary, as do all mothers, would have had, and we've seen in Mary, deep compassion for the children of her womb, of course, which include Jesus, her firstborn. And yet, God's teaching us here in Isaiah, we're still all fallen, even mothers even Mary, the mother of our, of our Lord, even these may forget. But God teaches us here and elsewhere that he alone will be perfect. He alone will, only, he will, own, he alone will be the one that's always uh, faithful. And so for, for those that have already are following Jesus, those that are considering following Jesus, we have those promises such as this that he will not uh, forget you. Jesus' compassion for Mary while on the cross, remember, takes place right before he dies. Um, He's in great pain, but he's being faithful to who? To the will of our eternal Father, God. Suffering and dying on our behalf. So we'll learn by Easter, of course, of this upcoming victorious resurrection, he's doing all this for the opportunity for us to be adopted into his family. And so like all of us, Like mothers, including me, we sometimes forget who we actually, even those we cherish the most, even those who we love the most, but not Jesus. Jesus never forgets, and he promises us the spirit to live within each of us until we actually get to see him face to face in heaven. While dying from this wretched tree, Jesus, you hear this, is not forgetting us he's giving attention to, he's speaking to. In a moment, we're gonna hear how he takes tangible, compassionate action to provide for his mom in an ongoing, earthly care way. So let's break down the cry even more, starting with woman. So at first, if you're like me, you might think, is that a bit cold? Is that a bit indifferent? What about maybe a more endearing term, like, mom but in the culture of the day uh, addressing a woman including Mary in this case by Jesus was considered respectful and here's this this is not new for mary so this is not the first time she's hearing from her son jesus being addressed not with an endearing term mom but by woman in fact in john 2:4 at the the very first miracle of jesus in the wedding in cana we read that he says woman what does this have to do with me my hour has not yet come so now three and or three and a little bit more years later we actually are at the hour of Jesus's death so Jesus is again just addressing his mom in the way that he did when he began his public ministry as as woman but here's the thing at this time at the hour of death it's even more important that he doesn't use an endearing term such as mom why Because we have to see it from Mary's perspective She needs to be more ready that the Jesus her son who she knows is the Messiah The relationship the nature of the relationship from Mary to Jesus is about to change It's going to go from Jesus who is my son who I've been blessed with Joseph to raise up That's gonna change in the resurrection And Jesus, like for you and for me and for Mary as well, becomes Jesus as Lord and Savior. So so Jesus is nurturing an important part of the relationship that will change once Jesus has has died on the cross. Woman, behold. Behold is, you know, I'm an engineer. It's 25 to 33% of uh, the cries of the cross this week, so we need to pay attention to it. What does it mean? It means to fix our eyes upon to see to pay attention to and he does this uh, uh, First to Mary and then and to John as well So, so Jesus wants to observe us to observe he, he wants us to pay attention He wants us to to make sure we're interested in this so he wants us to be interested in this loving care and compassion He's showing to his mom and and the charge that he's giving to John his disciple uh, and these are you know common references Um, in terms of the life of Jesus. So I'm just going to point to the ones at his birth since we're talking about Jesus' death. In Matthew 1 and 2 alone you have behold an angel, behold a virgin, behold wise men, behold the star. So now Jesus' death we have woman and behold your son and behold thy mother. The compassion of Christ here it's on full display for us to see. As Jesus is now tenderly caring for his remember his widowed mother Because Joseph her husband uh, we can assume at this point time has probably been dead for some time because we don't hear about him written in the Gospels Now Jesus is the firstborn son so he has some duties as the eldest son Yes, he's Jesus, but he is the eldest So he would culturally have that responsibility not his half-brothers in caring for for Mary and he's been doing that But he knows he's about to die. And so he knows he needs to Have some action related to this So on the edge of death he entrusts Mary his mother to the disciple whom Jesus loved To perform those earthly duties as an eldest son Remember he is seeing his mom. He is seeing the loneliness in grief as He's on the cross and she's come from standing afar and standing by and near and And he's still on the cross Doing this with Mary while the salvation of the world is still in the balance. It's amazing And then we see Jesus focusing on John behold your mother Because what he's doing Jesus is anticipating the void that's going to happen in Mary through his death So he provides for her another faithful son. This is the compassion of Christ being shown to his mom. But it's not complete until he charges John to be that behold thy mother to receive Mary. Christ is showing confidence in this beloved disciple. Remember the only disciple that, you know, when fled had come back to the cross. And he bestows a peculiar honor on John to exercise hospitality to Mary. This, this made me smile, so hopefully you can smile too. Now imagine the joy, right? So you're John and you're obedient to this call. Imagine the joy that you have Mary coming to your home and She's telling you all the stories of Jesus that we don't have recorded in the Gospels all the stories of when he was five when he did this We were out with Jericho and Cruz like what was he like on the hike? What was it like like this like there is a benefit to respond to the obedient call of Jesus and I'm just imagining one here But but then think of this for a moment. Do you remember how John's Gospel ends? It says this The world itself could not contain the books that would be written about Jesus. I think part of that is because he was asked to You know take in Mary and he got to hear some stories that we're only going to hear when we're in heaven Now some of you are sharp and you're probably wondering okay, but why John like Jesus has some half-brothers and in fact I know my Bible don't a couple of them write some new books in the New Testament Shouldn't they be charged with taking Mary in really good question because the answer is yes And yes, and James and Jude are half-brothers of of Jesus and and they write New Testament uh, books But However, we also read read in the word in John 7 5 that pre-crucifixion Jesus's brothers have not yet accepted him as Messiah It says for even his own brothers did not believe in him and yet in contrast when Jesus asked his disciples, which of course included John They believe in him and they say that he is the Christ of God as per Luke um, 920 and then Jesus himself he's saying, you know, but my true family in Matthew 12, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, "Here are my mother and my brothers." Jesus is using wisdom. Jesus is still, you know, showing compassion because what he's doing is he's he's binding Mary and John together because they together share a common devotion and belief in him as the Christ. So in summary, on the compassion of Christ, we see our Lord not just managing the pain and agony, that undescribable agony on the cross. We see him thinking of others in this intense pain and anguish. And again, after providing forgiveness for enemies and offering salvation to one of the criminals, he's he's pouring out in compassion to meet the needs um, within his own family and those he loves. So, next section, family responsibilities. So. By Providing for his own we do learn some things about Jesus in us fulfilling out our family responsibilities What I also want you to hear here in this cry of the cross because we're going in order is there's one coming in a few weeks Which is Jesus saying it is finished So remember there's this compassion of Christ, but there's also these family responsibilities that Jesus is taking care of Jesus needed to do this before he could say it is finished the timing here is also important so, I'll go through four examples of family responsibilities we see in this passage a child to a parent, a mother to a child, a father to a child, and then within the family of God. So, starting with a child to a parent, this is Jesus to his mom. Christ is teaching us that children are to provide, they're to think about the care of their aging parents. This builds off the fifth commandment to honor your father and your mother. So Jesus, again, he's completely God, but he's like us. He's in the flesh, so he's not neglecting his earthly duty to care. As a, 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 for He's a single-parent family home here in our context, and he's the eldest son. So we're to imitate this filial duty, this filial affection, this filial love. And so, yes, the, my word of the week is, I didn't know this word, filial, I L. I-A-L and if you do wordle which I don't I'm sorry, it's six letters, so it doesn't fit so it doesn't help you there But what is filial? It's it's the love of a child for a parent a strong positive emotion of regard and affection So now that you too know what filial is What an example of filial love we have in Christ through these cries on the cross Second family example so Mary as we know is standing by Jesus, but there's also a family responsibility that we're seeing here. I've talked about the compassion of Mary in the example, but you know, in the standing by her son Jesus, it's like a good mom, like I'm I'm an advocate for my son Jesus. I'm not saying anything, I'm in the and we we know that, but he, she is saying in terms of the those that are mocking him that I know him to be innocent. I'm here for my son. I'm going to endure. Like she's got her own anguish, but she's pushing her way through to actually be there seeing her son crucified. And that's by the strength of God. She's, she's also saying, Jesus, I see that you're not to be obedient to me. You're not to just come off the cross and, and, and hug me. Because she's seeing Jesus doing the will of the Father in accomplishing salvation work. This is where you know it's important because Mary just like us. There's nothing special She too needs Jesus to stay there on the cross and die for her sin So she can receive forgiveness and she too on the third day can see him as the risen Savior And speaking of fathers, I, I'd like to offer in this case in the third family responsibility It's an observation because we don't read Joseph mentioned in this passage, but I'm going to stitch together a few verses which to me feels like it's highlighting that there's the family responsibility of a father to a child. So we went through Ephesians, remember that? In Ephesians 6.4, uh, we were taught that fathers are to bring up our children in the discipline and the instruction of our Lord. And then in Proverbs 4:1-2, from a son's perspective, um, we read that you know, there's supposed to be a receiving in the heart of the value of holding fast to a father's teaching. So in our case Joseph is knowingly as as long as he was living and Jesus was under his roof should be instructing him into God's teaching and his inspired word at the time and Jesus knows his scripture so he knows Proverbs 4 and knows that as a son I'm supposed to value and listen to my earthly father so and then in Luke 2 we read when Jesus needing to be faithful to his eternal father stayed behind in Jerusalem to be in the temple But then we read, there's a reconciling between Jesus and his parents, and it says to us, Jesus was submissive to them. That's exactly like what we read and was preached well in terms of Ephesians, in terms of the the son receiving what the father is instructing in terms of the word of God. And we know in Matthew 1:19 that Joseph is described as a just and righteous. So we can believe that Joseph is, knowing he's from his eternal father what he so he needs to be doing to teach teach Jesus his son even though he knows Jesus of course is the son of God so when you stitch it all together the observation i'm just making here is that Jesus Jesus's obedience to fulfilling that filial duty to his widowed mother he would have known what was right and compassionate as the son of God but i would say it was complemented it was reinforced through the teaching of Joseph To his son to say when I pass away this being Joseph Jesus you're the eldest son you're going to have a responsibility to take care of your mother this is should be a word for us as fathers in terms of are we teaching and instructing our kids about that so the last uh, relationship um, sorry family relationship is within us as the family of God so that comes out of verse 27 and from that hour the disciple took her to his home so what you notice here in this disciple of Jesus, John, is the immediacy of him taking on this Christ command to take and embrace the mother of, the, of his Lord into his family. We don't read here that John objected to the extra cost, the extra expense it would be. He's obedient to her as Isaiah fifty-one eighteen to help guide her. We believe that John would not forsake her when she is old, as per Proverbs 23, at twenty-two. Now in terms of that immediate obedience, do you know who is the key spokesperson of why we should be immediately following Jesus's command? It's Mary <laughs> uh, Back to that wedding in Cana. She she says do whatever he tells you do whatever Jesus tells you So the very words of Mary about you know, hey, let's be obedient to this Jesus her son at that time But of course we know is our now our risen Savior They're recorded by none other than John himself in chapter 2 and now we get to chapter 19 and John is actually taking that advice from Mary to be obedient to when Jesus says it. he does it immediately and Mary is the recipient as John now he would be responsible for caring for two mothers because we read elsewhere in the Gospels that his mom is actually um, still alive at Jesus's death. And So just remember like we sometimes too are going to be charged by God to bless others in our wider church family and short church, let's not like just do all the calculations of the extra weight the extra responsibility the extra cost or Expenses that might be but let's follow John's example. Let's be prompt um, Like he did in welcoming Mary into his home Let's be open to where the Spirit will want to guide us in that obedience in ways like in that imagining the stories example but ultimately we We have more deeper affection uh, with each other as the family of God So to close out on the last section here standing at the cross uh, Again kind of right from this book. There are some great questions uh, that come up as you now think about what we've just Learned in these cries from the cross for Jesus so if we had been there how close how close would we have been to standing to the cross nearby or at a comfortable distance? Would we have been imitated by the mob or would we have gladly let the angry rabble rousers know that we were followers of the man that was hanging in the middle cross? Would we stand nearby if the cross cost us as much as it cost Christ? Short church uh, guests, we stand at the cross knowing that the Jesus who made these cries who had compassion to his mother, who charged his beloved disciple to take his place in his family duties, he is though now no longer on the cross. Jesus has risen from the dead. He nailed our sins to the cross, all of our sins, past, present, and future. He was the perfect sacrifice. He paid the penalty. As Jordan said, he, he paid the penalty for the missing of the mark towards our holy God. We didn't do anything to earn this. All we've done, if you're a believer of Jesus, is is accept it by faith and receive it. Now we're called to to bring Him glory, and we're called to share this gospel, this this good news to others. Uh, if this is good news to you, or if this compassion of Christ Christ is um described to you, is, is prompting you to to wonder, to to ask the question of I'd like to learn more about accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Uh, Jerah, myself, the prayer couples, we'd be glad to invite you into a prayer and, and discover this amazing God that wants to have a personal relationship with you. In the meantime, in following Jesus and in being part of the family of God, we too are asked to leave behind our selfish plans, ambitions, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we stand at the cross. And We're also later on instructed to pick up our own cross so that we're dying to ourselves like Jesus did and we too Are like Jesus did looking to the will of the father And to go along with that there's this great quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said When Christ calls a man he bids him come and die It's the same death every time Death in Jesus Christ the death of the old man at his call Only the man who is dead to his own will can follow Christ As we stand at the cross, let's see it afresh. Selfless devotion, sacrificial compassion. Let's not be in the shadows, but let's stand by the cross. Let's accept and surrender to any family responsibilities Jesus is placing on us as a parent to a child, a child to a parent, or within us as the family of God at work, in our homes, in our neighborhoods. Let's embrace being at the cross as our new way of living. Living, sorry so what so that the hurting world that's still around us sees in us that we're pointing to jesus we're trusting in him alone we look to him steadily as our lord and to find here like and like jesus as we continue in our living that we will be faithful all the way through to our dying and he won't call us to john the disciples home but oh he will Eventually call us home to this amazing and glorious eternity with Jesus and Abba Father As per the great hymn, I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I'll cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown Amen um, Short Church, we're going to now respond in uh, worship, uh, communion And Prayer so just to um, we talked about the family of God. So communion Um, If you're not yet a believer in Jesus. This is for us as the family So just uh, allow us the time to do this and we'd love to explain it more but this is our opportunity short church to Be reminded again of this amazing work and sacrifice Jesus has done on our behalf that ultimately you know on the cross that was Jesus's body and his blood broken for us And so as God leads you in terms of just the awe and the wonder that we should have in that or the call to repent and remember that the forgiveness of sin is there again for you on the cross. Uh, Let's do that together. Uh, Let me close in prayer.